0: Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta, is proud to present this episode of Harmonious Gentlemen. Keep an eye out for their new tap room.
1: Well, if podcast episodes were the minimum weight in kilograms to be considered a welterweight in international boxing, you'd know this has to be episode 63. Of the Harmonious Gentlemen.
2: I'm Chris. I'm Graham. And I'm Tyler.
0: And I'm Shannon.
2: Shannon's joining us. Hey, Shannon. A
1: fourth voice.
0: Yes, but she's not a gentleman. gentleman. (laughs) But I'm honored to be here in in the presence of three gentlemen.
1: (laughs) We're so thankful that you're here. And I was thinking um, 140 pounds is equivalent to 63 kilograms. So I couldn't have been a welterweight probably for like the last 30 years. (laughs) <laughs> Have you ever boxed? Frankly,
0: either boxed. can I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've never boxed, but I kind of always wanted to. Like my brother has
2: a thing in his basement that we've tried and I, I feel so powerful when I use it, but I, I think I look insane and <laughs> terrible. Like I think it's hard to look good boxing. Have you tried it?
3: Um, No, never. I think I've worn the gloves once and they were surprisingly heavy.
2: But,
1: I joined a gym once called the Blitz and basically you just beat up heavy bags and I'd try the speed bags, but I think it hit me in the face and I quit.
2: I think it's kind of cool that like the the, gen- the harmonious gentlemen don't really have any boxing stories for real. Like we don't need to, to hit
1: people, you know. Shannon, have you ever been boxing?
0: I have never been boxing, but there have been many times in my life when I I think it would have been great for me. I just didn't have access to a boxing studio. Um, But so I took up squash, in fact, when uh, kind of at the height of the anger portion of my PTSD. And it was really, really good to hit something.
3: And you have to hit a squash. (laughs) It it really
0: was. Like, (laughs) it was really good. I mean, I'm a terrible player, but I can hit the ball. And um, sometimes, like, we really do need that physical outlet for the stuff that we're, you know, we hold issues in our tissues. So we do have to incorporate that part in our lives. But
2: squash is perfect because you can hit it as hard as you possibly can in squash. Yeah.
0: It can also fly back and hit you in your own face. So, maybe sometimes we need as well.
3: <laughs> the last time I played with Graham, I, I think I smoked him in the back, and that felt so, yeah. so
2: good. I haven't forgotten. I um, love it. Um, well, we should jump into our next segment, you guys, just because I want to get this conversation rolling this morning. It's early, which is why our voices sound so low and musky and awesome. Not yours, Shannon, but ours do. How <laughs> um, oh, too bad. <laughs> we'll do, maybe we'll just do a quick break and jump into some recommendations, guys. That's awesome. And we can show Shannon uh, the amazing ideas that we have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This segment is proudly supported by Cilantro and Chive. The harmonious gentlemen highly recommend their fresh, simple eats and their passion for making their community a more harmonious place.
2: Well, time for recommendations where we recommend something close to our heart or not really, just things that we like. I'm going to start by recommending... The local music store, um, we often like to recommend something local. Um, they actually used to be a local business, but now they're part of the, the national chain of Long and McQuaid music, um, but they still feel quite like a local chain. They used to be 53rd Street music, um, but I go there all the time. And if you're in and around Red Deer, you should go there. They're awesome, super helpful. I just bought some gear for recording and uh, I just love them there because they're so kind. And so go there if you need music or guitar picks one thing with music stores that I really
3: like is when you can kind of play some instruments. Is that optional there?
2: Well, I I don't know. Depends how like your skill level, I'd say no, but there's (laughs) other skill levels. Like I like to just sit down
3: and like just smash some drums as hard as I can. (laughs) Would they be okay with
2: that? No, you're supposed to do it. You're, you're encouraged to do it. I let my, my son do it all the time. So you should. Cool. Yeah. I always love going to the guitar room and just hearing the same three or four songs every time. Um, Oh Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm one of them too, so it's not like I know a whole lot.
0: Can I tell you something that my uh, local music store did for me a few years ago? Uh, So I turned my uh, Toronto dirt floor garage into a really beautiful uh, all-season counseling and writing studio uh, after my neighbor's tree fell on it. And I love (laughs) design. A lot of my work, as we'll hear about today, is gritty, so I actually love my spaces to be pretty. Uh, and I, I did a really good job on the design. And HGTV did a, a feature on me. But the thing that didn't match was my guitar. It was just this mm. offensive, warm wood that just didn't go with everything else. So I went to my local music store. And could I please borrow a beautiful guitar? And they lent me one. And oh, it's in the awful. HGTV feature. I know. It was just so nice. Wow. <laughs> so-
1: did they awesome. have to like have credits for it in the HGTV? <laughs>
0: right At the end of the show. <laughs> guitar on loan <laughs> <That's sweet. laughs> yeah. January, called chaos music January. in Toronto, chaos music in Toronto. That's what it was.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We've got to get that in. Uh, you're, you're quite a good musician too. I saw you sing a song on your Instagram and uh, it was oh. really impressive. Well, thank yeah. you so
0: much. I, I, yeah. I just, uh, I only play the guitar well enough that I can sing, uh, to, for therapy for myself or if I take my guitar to my kids class, that's where you really feel good about yourself um, because kids never judge. And so I, I used to do this all the time. And I'll never forget the day when I got the kids in a circle. It's kindergarten and I'm tuning the guitar. And this little boy looks up at me and he goes, Shannon you're so good at the guitar. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you're, you're coming home with me. Like, yeah. I'm adopting you. I mean, like,
1: that was the D string.
0: It's just, it's just so nice that, that pure non-judgment that kids have. You know? so, That's so like, cute. But thanks. Well, I love to sing.
3: I, I teach high school, so I'm not sure it would go over quite the same.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I used to bring my guitar all the time when I taught high school. It's like a snake yeah. charmer.
3: Tyler, do it. Yeah, do okay, it. I'll try it. I'll tune it and see if they say I'm very, very good.
0: First, it's going to be awkward, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. which is going to be the, fun, the most fun part of it. I, I,
2: I carry one around quite often in my high school class. I don't sing, but I'll just sort of play, court, play stuff while they're working or things like that. And it's like a security thing, too.
0: So, this is a whole other piece of the harmonious. This is the literal harmonious gentleman. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys should. should do a barbershop sort of thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll be your I'll be your fourth in the quartet. Hey, hey.
1: <laughs> if we have time at the end, I think we definitely go for it.
2: Well, we could we could have her sing the two second jingle because there's, our voice is already in the jingle, so we could throw yours in there too. We have a Ooh, lot of yeah. voices already in there.
3: This is kind of like the music segment. I'm I'm recommending an album by Pedro the Lion. Yeah, check it out. It's kind of indie rock. Band's been around for a long time. Little shout out to Caden. If he's listening, you should check this band out, as should everyone else. But I'll keep it short. What's it's the album called, called Tyler? Um, Havasu. I don't know exactly how to say it. Just came out 2022. Been listened to it lots.
2: Shannon, what uh, would you like to recommend today?
0: I am going to recommend the most incredible cookbook um, written by my beautiful, amazing friend, Claire Tanzi, national bestseller. It's called Uncomplicated. And there's also a second one called Uncomplicated Dinners. And it's just beautiful. It's simple. It's lovely, and everything you make turns out. And I don't think any recipe has more than five or six ingredients. Uh, and uh, it's Claire and I, I have to say Claire Tansy and I we love to go to local craft shows with our books, and we joke that she's uh, she's uncomplicated, I'm complicated. <laughs> That's we're, we'll yeah. talk about my complicated books yeah. later in the show. <laughs> but yeah. everyone needs a copy of Uncomplicated Living on Your Countertop. And you can get rid of everything else you have.
1: <laughs> that sounds really helpful to me. Yeah, I like the <laughs> yeah. the limited ingredients is a good a good call. Yeah. I'll check that out. I'm gonna awesome. recommend a book called Heal for Real. It's by our fabulous guest, Shannon. And um I don't know why I'm holding it up to the camera because this is a <laughs> audio podcast, not a video one, but Um, I just ordered it and it came a couple days ago from Amazon. I have a goal for 2022 just to kind of be more reflective and work on myself. And at the time I didn't realize that this book fit that um, so perfectly. So it's about, it's a journal. So I love writing in books anyway, but this book is designed to be written in and to be reflective and to um, work through forgiving others and yourself. So I'm looking forward to hearing more from the author herself today. Um, but also um, working my way through the journal. I'm only through the first chapter because I just got it, but so far I love it already.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so glad.
1: Well, it's my great pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Shannon Maroney. You've already heard her voice Uh, But to officially introduce her, she's a trained social worker, she's a skilled therapist, a best-selling author, a brave entrepreneur, an inspiring speaker, and a tireless advocate for youth and adults, helping them to allow the traumatic experiences of their past to shape their lives but not control them. You've maybe already been able to tell that she's passionate, vulnerable, honest, and inspiring. And it's really our great pleasure to have her as a guest on the Harmonious Gentleman Podcast. Welcome, Shannon.
0: Thank you so much. I'm really, really happy to be here.
1: We'd we'd love for you to start by just telling us more about yourself so our listeners who maybe already know a little bit about you but can kind of get a better sense of who you are and what you do.
0: Well, for sure. Thank you. Um, So... I um I'm, the first thing I'm called to say is I'm just a really regular person but I am brave and I love helping other be, others be brave um to face what comes to us in life I was actually like you uh Chris I was in guidance at um a school and and started my career in education um and was a was a guidance counselor when um, my life changed irrevocably in 2005 when a police officer came to my door to tell me that my uh, husband, my beloved, beloved husband had um, uh, kidnapped and brutally sexually assaulted two women in our community of Peterborough, Ontario, uh, and that he had um, called 911 himself and asked for help from the police. And I was away at a counseling conference at that time. And uh, that's the moment where the life that I knew um, was utterly shattered. My story I eventually wrote into uh, a memoir called Through the Glass, which really is about my journey to put all those broken shards of glass into some sort of mosaic um, that I could live with. And and also it refers to the many conversations, difficult, painful, heartbreaking, uh, all kinds of (laughs) adjectives, uh, the conversations that I had with Uh, with my first husband, Jason, um, through the prison glass. And really everything, I think everything from then uh, until now, it's, gosh, it's been almost 17 years, has really stemmed from my personal journey. Uh, And I now have the privilege of just supporting other people who are forging their way through a lot of broken glass and who didn't have a choice but what happened to them, just like me. But uh, want to have some choice again about about their life going forward and about what the future could mean as well as the present. That's a little yes. bit a little, little bit about me. I know that's my um <laughs> I, Well, I'm a fun-loving person, but I have this big serious story and so I I know it always <laughs> usually followed with a moment of silence and I um, you know, I know that I can buzzkill any dinner party that I'm ever <laughs> invited to, <laughs> which I hate being able to do. <laughs> <laughs> um that's actually why you know my cookbook recommendation of uncomplicated by claire tansy um when we first met at, at a at a penguin random house party our, our publisher on our first books um she, you know you get to this question was like what's your what's your book about and i said to her if she tells me about her wonderful cookbook and i'm like oh yeah Okay, so my book is um, – and I have a second book as well, which is a memoir of a sex trafficking survivor. So I share a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? I really, really wish that I wrote a cookbook uh, because then I wouldn't buzzkill every dinner party I've ever gone to. And then she said to me, just, oh, yeah, no, that – no, that wouldn't be the way because if you're a cookbook <laughs> author, you don't get invited to dinner parties. <laughs> you're too intimidating. <laughs> well, so we, had, yeah, really. we we like fell in love on the spot and went out on our, <laughs> our first <That's> date. Awesome. <laughs> just connect. But yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of us carry um, big T trauma, little T trauma. We carry hurts, small and big. And um, it's just a joy for me at this point in my life and my career to be able to just be a guide for others, be a safe space. And and then to talk about, you know, this big F word, um, forgiveness, that is the right. subject of Heal for Real. Through the Glass is really my journey um, to find forgiveness, uh, not for what Jason did, unforgivable crimes, but for the human being that I knew and loved behind them, who's not one dimensional. And to, you know, empower myself to not lose the most fundamental aspects of who I am, which is a life loving person. Mm-hmm. a caring and trusting person. Um, and so uh, heal for real, the guided journal to forgiving others and yourself. It's um, it's your story. It, it's the chance for you to write your story and figure things out what forgiveness means and doesn't mean for you. I, um, Kind of going from the philosophical, uh, and then all the way through to near the end of the the journal, becoming really practical and hands on. You know, so once you understand what it is for you, then you get to apply it uh, in your life.
3: We actually recorded an episode about forgiveness and second chances, really like not that long ago, and we kind of struggled to define forgiveness, and even in just hearing you—you you mentioned it a few moments ago, and, and kind of talked about unforgivable and forgiving, and so like, could you give us a definition? Like, what's your working definition of forgiveness?
0: So, forgiveness for me, <clears throat> uh, I think, is is uh, kind of what I said. It's it's a commitment to see the human being behind the horror. Um, mm-hmm. Because when I do that, when I live up to that commitment, I am allowed and encouraged. To be compassionate, I'm. I put myself on an equal plane with the person who harmed me. Hmm. I know that I'm not. I'm not um, better than my own best friend, and I'm not worse than my own worst enemy. Hmm. And that's a really good starting place for forgiveness. Is when we're able to see ours. We just put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, as as difficult and painful as that could be. Um, we get in touch with our own humanity. Um, so that's that's you know, and it's it for me. It's also not about forgiving the actions. It, it's about mm-hmm. um, wanting uh, to find a really graceful way uh, to set to set oneself free from a bond to hurt, harm, violence that we despise. Because uh, if we stay on the hook, I mean, sometimes people really say like, "Oh." You know, forgiveness skeptics, right, will say, oh, forgiveness, That means you're weak, you're a pushover, you're you're condoning, or you're letting someone off the hook. And the first three things are untrue. It Forgiveness is strong, not weak. Forgiveness is not about condoning at all. It's about finding a place for something terrible that happened. And it's about accountability and holding someone accountable and not wanting something to happen again. Uh, it's certainly not being a pushover because forgiveness can actually really help you set important boundaries in your life and boundaries being kind of the distance at which I can love myself and I can love you or respect myself and respect you at, at safely. But what is true is that forgiveness does let someone off the hook. Uh, it lets the forgiver off the hook. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I have found myself on the hook Of anger, frustration, rage. And in my situation, as in most people's situation, things become really complicated after you've been harmed or you've been victimized or you've harmed someone else. I mean, it's, it's, we we do that as well, myself included. Um, And then you get on this hook of resentment and rage. And if you picture, if each of you just pictures right now a fish on a hook that's been pu- yanked out of the water. It was just swimming along. And it's yanked out of the water. And who's, who's in control of it? It's the, it's the person who's holding the hook, the one who got it. So in this may- case, we might say, quote unquote, the offender, the harmer, the person who did the mean thing. But then you ultimately, or we, I have found myself that fish on a hook where I'm floundering around. I can't breathe. I'm not on my path. I am now being controlled by somebody else. And what they chose to do. So for me, forgiveness is like just the word that I apply or the, the process that I apply to unhooking myself gracefully, right? Because we know that fish, um, and I've, I've done a little bit of fishing in my life, but you know, if you take it out gently, um, there will be a scar, but life is totally possible. And continuing on your journey is totally possible. So those are some of the ways that I define forgiveness for myself as it being really empowering and strengthening and letting myself off the hook I don't I don't want to be somebody that's resentful and bitter and cynical in my life. I just don't want to be I refuse to be and forgiveness is the word that I use to and process I use to help myself not become that person.
2: Shannon, have you always looked at forgiveness that way or when you wrote your book through the glass was that you coming to these conclusions or realizations? Was that a way to work through it?
0: Yeah, I don't think I had nearly the, at the risk of complimenting myself, the sophisticated understanding of forgiveness that mm-hmm. I think I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, certainly was, I, I was raised uh, Roman Catholic, and went to Catholic school, um, and forgiveness was always very encouraged. Uh, sometimes, religions will can put a pressure on someone to forgive and that's not really good. You know, people will often come to my workshops to me as a counselor to retreats and say like, I know I should forgive," you know, or my God Mm -hmm. tells me I have to forgive whatever religion, you know, lots of that, but it's really hard to have that amount of pressure. So I just try to look at us like there may be some encouragement for you. Um, But I don't, I think I just, um, I think I've always been a compassionate person um, I've always been the person that anyone can tell anything to, even, you know, as far back as being a teenager. And I was the friend that everyone would tell things to and feel safe. But this understanding of forgiveness and this real living and breathing forgiveness as much as I can in my life really came through um, my experience with Jason. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Does forgiveness always last, Shannon? Like, is it a one-time thing? Is it a at work in progress? How do you kind of look at it?
0: In those oh, terms? such a good question. I've had forgiveness relapses, for sure. Hmm. Um, I can tell you about one, and I know, Chris, you're really going to understand this particularly well because you're a dad of twins and I'm a mom of twins. Um, I, I remarried about four, uh, five years after my trauma uh, with Jason. And I, I really propelled myself through a healing journey um, to approximately the ticking of my biological clock because I was 30 when it happened. And I, I just really wanted to be a mom. Um, and women, we we just don't have all the time in the world. So I was like, I'm not going to lose that dream. I'm going to do everything I possibly can. And I did a really, really, really good job of um, of healing and forgiving But it did take absolutely everything that I had in my reserves, in my resilience reserve tank. And when my twins were born, I I had actually a very traumatic um, birth of them. I I suffered a postpartum hemorrhage and had to get a blood transfusion. So it was a really rough start to what I had just not only written as my happy ending, but published as my happy ending because my book uh, came out um, when I was pregnant and, uh, so I, I actually put a lot of pressure on myself to live this sort of perfect, happy ending. I felt I had this obnoxious sense of, oh, well, I could cut myself some slack and so I had this hopeful sense that I was really healed. And that was it. I was just going forward to the future. Um, but having a, a medical trauma and then, you know, having to take care of two tiny infants, just, I, I didn't have the reserves in my tank anymore. I used them up. And it was so difficult and it was so painful. And I just turned to blame Jason. Um, and the girls were about two months old. And all I could do, I just cried all the time. Of course, I had postpartum depression, um, but undiag- like, I'm too happy to get diagnosed on the surface. So it's just very like me sort of coping in private with the just the, the feelings of inadequacy uh, that you have you know, all sorts of things. Um, and then just at one point, I remember just filling up with rage at Jason because I felt like he'd, he'd robbed me. And and the reality was that this trauma is a part of me. It, it's going to always be with me for my whole life. Just like that scar on the fish that was able to swim away. There's still a scar there and it's a little more delicate than, you know, uh, than other parts of parts of Parts of it. So um, at that point, in a, in a rage, I wrote Jason a letter of unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wrote it. I was like, I unforgive you. I did this too soon. You took everything from me. Now I don't have enough energy uh, at all to be the kind of mom that I wanted to be. And it's your fault. And I wrote this letter. And it can be really, really good to write those letters. And even in Heal for Real, there's lots of letter writing activities. Um, I don't recommend sending the first draft of a letter like that. But oh, at this time with my two tiny infants, I didn't give the other F word (laughs) about anything. I was so angry. So I sent it. And um, about maybe 10, two weeks later, you know, the thing is, it didn't make me feel any better. Like, it made me feel better for five minutes. And then the babies were back to crying, and I was back to crying and, and struggling along. And about two weeks later, I get a phone call, and you see the number come up, and it's Government of Canada. And then I'm like, well, it's either the, the uh, CRA, but I, I always pay my taxes, or it's an inmate calling. Um, so I know that it's going to be Jason. I pick up the phone, and you know he just said, he's like, I got your letter. And five minutes later, we went into a lockdown at my institution and the lockdown lasted for five days. So I sat with your letter for five days and I'm so sorry. All I can do is apologize. I'm so, so sorry. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times we do fantasize about punishing our offender because we think that's what's going to make us feel better. But it didn't. It didn't make me feel better. Really? to think about him suffering in his cell, doesn't no matter if he deserved it. That's not who I want to be. I don't want to be causing more suffering. Um, and then the other truth, like his apology helped him. I always consider myself extremely fortunate that I have an apologetic, remorseful, and accountable offender, uh, which so many people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, you know, in those moments and hearing that apology and remembering that is a human being that's filled with regret. And what I'm doing to myself, I'm, I'm punishing myself more than anybody else. and punishing my daughters. So in that conversation and with my big, powerful magic wand of re-forgiveness, I boldly offer this to Jason. But really, it was just for myself. It's just for myself and my babies because I, you just cannot live. You can't live with that level of rage and anger. It's, it takes way too much energy. And that's how I got to re-forgiveness and got out of my forgiveness relapse. So that's a super, super long answer to your question, Chris. Yeah. But I don't think forgiveness is not usually something you do just once. And it's clean sometimes, yeah. especially with some smaller things. But it's most often people will say it's a, it's a nonlinear process.
3: Mm-hmm. Is uh Thing. Is restored relationship at all a part of forgiveness? Like, is it a goal or is it? it doesn't sound like it's necessary, but like, to what extent is that part of it? Like restoring a relationship?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And brilliant. It's not a requirement at all. It really has to be up to the, up to the person who is either asking to be forgiven or offering forgiveness. You know, forgiveness can really be a healthy way to close a relationship. Um, It can open a door. It can create new boundaries. It can restore a relationship. It can change the face of a relationship. It really offers a lot of choice. And that's what we need when we've been hurt by somebody else's choices. When they took our life or our life path into their hands, um, we lost our choice. And so the healing process is a lot about getting your choice back. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any prescription for forgiveness, just the, I really love to give folks um, the space to figure out exactly what it means for you. And it can mean different things in different circumstances. Mm -hmm.
3: We on our one theme on our podcast is, and we're doing it right now, like talking about things that are a little tough to talk about. Um, Do you have any, I'm sure you do actually some like advice for us or um, conversational tips when talking to someone about trauma, like, or even to go back a step, maybe even what's the difference between you mentioned big, big T trauma, little T trauma, like just help us understand that. Or at least me, I don't, I'd love to hear like how to have those conversations.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, big T trauma is the kind of things that most of us know of like a, a, a major event, so uh, it could be a, a, re- a serious car accident. It could be um, betrayal in an intimate relationship, um, a, a, a divorce, um, the, a sudden death of someone, a natural disaster, violent crime. Um, they are the kinds of events that tend to leave someone feeling like their life has a before and after. And you have to figure out how y- y- there's a lot of grief because you, you don't really ever get to see yourself. B- from the before time hmm. and you got to figure out who you are after that's big t trauma little t trauma doesn't imply that it has any that the consequences are any less severe because equal at both types of trauma can equally cause the um the creation of post-traumatic stress disorder and all of its um symptomology some which is very very serious um but little t trauma really refers more to um events that can happen on a repeated basis over time uh, that you almost are able to just kind of normalize. Uh, so it could be bullying. Um, it could be, you know, really like working in a toxic environment, abuse, it's exclusion, it's racism, it's homophobia, it's, you know, having to live under any type of oppression and all of it builds up. And I, I actually like to call little teeth trauma um, woodpecker trauma. Because if you just picture a woodpecker, I have a lot, um, even though I'm right in Toronto, I live in a really forested neighborhood and I have a lot of um, woodpeckers. And, you, you know, we kind of watch them and it's like, wow, look at, you know, that tap, tap, tap. Without realizing almost like that tap, tap, tap can bring down the entire tree. It could potentially bring down an entire forest. So that's why we need to pay attention, closer attention to little t trauma um, because it's, uh, it's a little more sinister often in how it appears, uh, in the mind, uh, the emotions in the body, uh, cause it just sort of creeps up on us over time. Um, so, you know, sometimes like when we're thinking about forgiveness, it can be, it can actually be really important to start with, to start where you are. You know, you don't have to have a big T trauma, um, to, start engaging in a forgiveness process. I mean, it's actually can be really good just to look at some of the smaller resentments that we have. I mean I know that in every family, um, there's there's always resentment and hurt in families and groups of friends in the workplace. and even within yourself, the things that we hold on to that we did, that we feel shame about, however unintentional or unintentional they were um, and start at that place of, you know, what, what might it mean to, uh, forgive myself? What might it mean to forgive, you know, my a sibling, uh, that you just, you just never really got along with, mm-hmm. but now you're adults, you might want to fix it. Um, and that can be a, just a really great, great starting place. And to understand why, then what you understand the, when you understand the benefits of it, um, it makes it all worth the process. Well, gentlemen, something I've learned about you in in our conversation so far is that you are very brave um, because you're making this podcast. You're letting yourselves be vulnerable and you're opening up dialogue that is um, incredibly important and that we don't typically, men are not known for having. Uh, And so... I wanted to know if, if you'd like to, I know you usually do some confessions near the end of your, your show and, uh, confessions can be really great for getting stuff off your chest, but I'm wondering if you'd like to, um, get that personal in a way, um, and talking about some things that you might like to be forgiven for, um, or what you'd like to, um, ask, uh, or sort of offer someone else forgiveness for. We can do this in a, I always want to do it in a safe and private way, even though this is a public, uh, you know, this is a broadcast. Um, So my advice is to... um, Well, I'm sure you know this uh, from being in schools and when you've got young people come to you and say, so um, my friend, my friend uh, (laughs) wants to know this or my friend needs birth control or my friend, whatever it is. Um, So you can just kind of speak from your heart, but you don't need to say any names or anything that would identify the other person that you might be speaking about. Um, or might be involved in your story, mm-hmm. and we can do this kind of like in open lines. And this is actually one of the activities in Heal for Real. Heal for Real comes from um, over ten years that I led workshops and retreats about forgiveness. And there's an activity that I always did um, called the Forgiveness Phone-In, um, where people in a circle just sort of get to um, pretend we're having a pretend we're having a radio talk show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can call in and offer up an apology or ask for an apology. What do you think about that? You you, you game to, to F this up?
1: Yeah. I'm smiling because I'm nervous, but yes, I'm game.
0: I always say, too, it's good to per- – I only want you to push yourself out of your comfort zone, not out of your safety zone. Okay? Um, and do you want a few guidelines about apology? to start off with or why don't you tell me like what do you think makes a really good apology
1: I mean as a parent and a teacher I always hated the you know tell them you're sorry like when it was forced so nothing about a forced apology is real
0: absolutely yeah it's got to come from the heart and and be willingly given Mm -hmm.
3: I think when you add the 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 word but at the end it kind (laughs) of wrecks (laughs) it
0: Or at any point. But is the single word that will ruin every single apology. (laughs) Right along with maybe however. (laughs) It would be like, you know, more slightly more (laughs) the next one. Yeah, absolutely. So so no buts. (laughs) There's no meaning buts. buts. Um, I offer kind of four heartfelt steps to apologizing. Um, The first one is just expressing remorse and being clear about what it's for. You know, it's really interesting. Sometimes we think we know someone's upset with us. We think it's for one reason. That's not actually what it was. So we want to do our best to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and understand what it was for. We might need to ask them to. The next thing we want to do is take responsibility. You know, it was my fault. Um, We want to promise never to do it again and give some indication of how we're going to make sure we live up to our promise And then we want to seek to make some sort of amends or offer some type of restitution. So Hmm. here's what an apology could sound like. I am sorry for, and you fill in the blank. It was my fault. When I did or said that, I was feeling or thinking this. So you can also see lots of I statements. And I take responsibility for myself. I regret that I hurt you. I promise not to do it again. And I am reflecting on my actions or I'm, depending on what it was, you could say like, you know, and and I'm, um, I'm now in AA. I am seeing a therapist. I am like whatever it is that you're doing that supports your statement of, I don't ever want to do this again, you know? Um, and I'm open to listening to you, and I hope I can make it up to you by, you know, in in some way. Um, or I know I can't change the past, but I'd like to change the future by, and fill in the blank. So you do not have to get this right the first time. Why don't we just start with like, what's on your hearts? What's weighing? What's weighing? Weighing heavily, and you can call in.
2: Well, I I have one. Like I was thinking about this. I don't know if you guys have ever done this before, but I, I was stumbled upon my old old emails, an old email account. I just thought to myself, I wonder if they're still active. So, I, I was reading through emails from 1999 and 2000, 2001. Um, so, end of high school into university. And I had a really good friend in high school, best friend. And in the first university, it fell apart it pretty suddenly. And I was reading through the emails and, and I, maybe it was my coping mechanism, but I had kind of forgotten about all that like I hadn't thought about it for 15 years plus. And I felt kind of awful reading these emails and just felt like I was reading my own comments and, and the responses. And I was thinking like, I don't even know who that is. Like I can't, I can't believe I was doing that. Um, so in, in that moment, I really wanted to send an email to this person after this many years. I didn't do that. Uh, I might. Um, so that that came into my head right away because that's kind of fresh in my mind, this like old friendship that it was basically my fault. I was just not a very, I wasn't sensitive. I wasn't, uh, yeah, was, I was pretty selfish, I guess is what it comes down to. And, uh, so that, that's, that's what I'm calling in for.
0: (laughs) So if, if you just want to like, let's say you just put this out on the airwaves. Okay. Let's just imagine that this friend is somewhere out there, um, listening and you don't have to say your friend's name, but would you like to offer up an apology?
2: Oh, I wish I was listening to you earlier, closer, when you gave really good examples of how to apologize.
0: Just start with, just start with, like, what would feel the most right? Again, just remembering, like, telling him a little, him or her, or they, a little bit about what happened at that time, who you were, how you've reflected, and what it is that you want to apologize for.
2: Well, I think, first of all, it's, it's, um, when I, when I reflect back on it, it, it was, I maybe was accusing that that was, you know, I I always thought we we were both just kind of making mistakes, but really it was me. Like it was my, my immaturity ultimately was the, was the problem with the relationship. It wasn't this other person at all. So I would say that first and foremost, that I, that was my behavior. It wasn't theirs, even though I would have probably said differently back then. Um, So that, and that I, yeah, when I reflect back on it, I just feel like I've changed so much since then that I, it kind of shocks me that I was behaving that way. So immature, and I won't use it as an excuse, my age, but um, I certainly have changed since then and um and I recognize that that my behavior was not at all what a good friend should be
0: so yeah, how about well I'll just push you a little tiny bit more because you sure, you, sure. you, tot- is, yeah, you yeah. totally got this, so just picture your friend and just speak to your friend, and we are just we the the three of us, Chris Tyler, and I, and anyone else who's listening we have the honor of bearing witness to your process and we are, we are just supporting you and there's no judgment whatsoever because all of us have done exactly what you're saying you did. Mm -hmm. So if you just want to speak to that person from your heart and see if you can do like, you start with the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for.
2: So friend, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry that I hurt you in a way you didn't deserve, um, especially because you were such a, like a loving friend, a really giving friend and vulnerable friend, I think. And I had no skills to be able to um, understand where you're coming from. And so um, I think you're, yeah, an amazing person. And I just kind of wish that I was as amazing of a person then to be a good friend to you. I just wasn't there. And uh, you didn't deserve um, that kind of treatment. So I'm really sorry about that. And it sucks that all this time has passed and we haven't talked and that makes me sad so maybe we'll talk one day if you listen to the podcast i doubt it
0: (laughs) how beautiful bravo which one of us is not longing to hear the same thing from someone you know
1: nice one graham yeah that was really Uh, good beautiful well our time's up (laughs) (laughs)
0: ha <laughs> ha Chris I know you're just trying to get out of this <laughs> no but there's there's no pressure but support is Chris is something something uh weighing on you
1: yeah and just like Graham said like as you were talking about this something right away comes to the front of mind right so in this case it was a a breakdown in a relationship with a family member and without going into any details it happened about 15 years ago And I've just lost contact completely with a part of my family that, um, not immediate family, but pretty close to immediate, um, that I, yeah, probably have held a grudge against and um, kind of also feel like a righteousness. You talked about righteousness, you know, that feeling sometimes of like, well, I'm right and you're wrong. So um, not even knowing that there's anything for me to forgive in that situation, but more just that I've held it against them and that. That could be for sure a barrier to to healing and to a relationship there. So that's what I'm thinking about. And I think I need to apologize for it or at least practice an apology for it.
0: I mean, yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. like, You only kind of get, we get one chance to make that apology, really. Hmm. So it's good to practice. It's really, really good to practice and not pressure yourself until you feel that it's just right. Yeah. Do you feel like practicing that now?
1: Yeah, I do, actually. So I'll call in to um, say, dear friend, I wanted to apologize for um, the way that I've been holding out and um, ignoring and letting um, what happened in the past stand between us. Uh, The relationship that we had before was important, formative. Um, And those are times I look back on fondly and I, I wish it were like that again. And I want to take responsibility for the part I've played in um, the breakdown of that relationship. And if there's a way to repair that, I'd be, I'd be interested in and hopeful that that can be um, fixed and restored.
0: Thank you. I loved your words. I want to take responsibility for my part, you know, and, Lots of situations are sometimes we truly have like victim offender, you know, where one person did all the wrongdoing and the other person did nothing wrong. But a lot of times we have conflict where both parties dug their heels in and maybe someone started it, but we can have continued it by some of our choices. And even if it was a choice to protect yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, I had an opportunity of been able to travel so much in my career and i spent some time in northern ireland uh, with people who'd um who'd killed others in in the troubles Mm -hmm. and when you're there in northern ireland you you see that it's like it's literally neighbor upon neighbor warfare Mm -hmm. and so you start to understand that okay you throw you threw a bomb on my house and you started that you did that But if I threw one back, then I'm, I'm actually just as much a part of it because now I hurt you too. And so even just on a micro level, we have to take responsibility even for the way that we respond. So I can tell you that (laughs) when I received the copies of my own book, um, Heal for Real, I, I read it twice. Um, and then started working through some of the activities for other stuff in my life, not my big T trauma, but some other things where I felt hurt. But in my response to being hurt, I inadvertently hurt the person who hurt me because I needed to protect myself, or I needed to shut things down, or I needed to say something back. And uh, it's such a relief when we can take responsibility for our part and recognize that we were doing our best. Sounds like Chris at that time, and and, and um, uh, Graham as well. That at these times in your life, you were doing your best. It's just that maybe now your best is better.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: You know, because you're older and wiser, yeah. and and, you, and more reflective and mature. And that that's uh, a nice way to come at something. Because in that way, um, do you think for either one of you that you could start on a road of forgiving yourself as well? just by the words that you've offered up to these, these other people.
1: Let's yeah. Like I, I, I actually feel different having said that out loud. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's uh, I well, uh, let me offer the, the chance to Tyler. What What's uh, where you at?
3: Well, I feel like I, something did come to mind. So I want, I'd like to, to share a bit. It doesn't need to go as long. Cause I, like I get the time restraints, but. So can I jump straight to like the apology part, like just right into trying to make an apology?
0: 100%.
3: And it's going to be, um, fairly like vague. Like I'm going to, um, yeah, not to a specific person necessarily, because I've been this way towards multiple people, but I have, I definitely have one or two in mind where I want to apologize for, for being distant. Um, and kind of missing out on opportunities to have a really meaningful relationship. And that's something that's been kind of like long term. Like these are people in my who've been in my life my whole life. And yeah, I just apologize for being distant and missing opportunities to maybe be the like the role model or the yeah, just the the support that I could have been. So I apologize for missing those
0: opportunities. Thank you, Tyler. Do you have any insight that you uh, of yourself that you might want to share, like why you've been distant?
3: Well, I think a lot of it comes down to like selfishness. Um, like I mentioned that it's it's long term. Like so, even as like a I don't know a high school guy right? Like I'm making decisions based on what's going to benefit me kind of in the moment, which, um, yeah, the people that I'm apologizing to, they wouldn't have been on the forefront of my mind. So that's, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to for me would have just been selfishness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And your teenage brain, that's (laughs) not fully formed, you know, um, what you're doing now in your life, Uh, guiding young people is uh, what beautiful restitution that is um, that you're making in your life. And Mm. I hope that you can also just find that forgiveness for yourself too. It sounds like you're doing your best, but you had limitations, Mm. you know? So Uh, guys, you're beautiful gentlemen. It's been such a pleasure to, um, bear witness to your gentility and your bravery. And this is what, I mean, gosh, this kind of male bravery is what the world needs so much. Just so much where I think all of us... (laughs) I'll speak for all of womankind right now. (laughs) We're so tired. (laughs) We're so tired of of like (laughs) the bravado, the, you know, the power that like we're, we're so tired. Mm -hmm. Um, The vulnerability is such a strength, such a strength. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm so glad that you're, you know, we're having these kind of conversations and that you are being you uh to the highest level and 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 thereby raising the raising the game for your brothers well Mm -hmm. thanks
3: for uh bringing it out of us pushing us to that because i don't know if we would have
2: got there (laughs) on our own we definitely wouldn't have no we are we are extremely thankful that you decided to spend some time with us this morning it's been quite a special chat here and yeah we just really
1: appreciate it
0: anytime let's do it again
1: <laughs> oh, damn, <yeah. laughs> You're just your, your generosity with your time and um knowledge and just yeah the skill set you have um that you've built up and that you share with the world through the things that you do we're so grateful for and thanks for being part of this is there anything before you go you'd want to kind of promote or tell people that hey you should check this out as we want to give you that opportunity too
0: well thank you so much i mean i i really do hope that um folks are inspired to start down a forgiveness journey or continue one with some more guidance. of course I love everyone to pick up their own copy of feel for real. Um, And if you love it, please review it. Like, a good review. If you don't love it, please don't review it online. Just just write to <laughs> yeah. me personally and I'll make changes for the next round. Um yeah. just so that we can get this uh the big the new effort into everybody's lives and vocabulary and build up forgiveness literacy and empower and strengthen ourselves. So I would love that you can visit me. I'm at ShannonMaroni.com. I'm just really contactable. You can also Google all kinds of things and find me. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I love to be in touch with people, all the social media stuff and uh, I'll be sharing this conversation with everybody that I know because it's been just such a privilege to have it with you guys.
2: Well, thanks again. And uh, until next time.
0: Thanks. Have an effing amazing day. (laughs) 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 Okay. Bye-bye.
2: Welcome back. Uh, Quite a talk, you guys. Yeah. Chris, how do you feel?
1: I mean, there's some catharsis, a little bit of, I don't think regret is the right word, but I hope that went okay for our listeners. Yeah. It felt really good to do it though. And I'm glad that she led us into that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm emotionally drained.
2: <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, we're recording this a little bit later, like after the fact, the audio quality will change. And so we've had some time to think about things,
1: but I, I'm pretty happy with it. I think I actually would welcome something like that in the future, to be honest. Yeah. it's neat kind of, you're not expecting things to happen and then the way they turn out and work out the way they do. Yeah. She took a chance with us. And I'm glad it worked. Yeah. Shannon, thank you again so
2: much. You're not here anymore, but we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is uh, the end of our episode. So if you want to get a hold of us, how do you do that?
1: Uh, you should definitely send us an email harmonious gentleman at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, feedback from this episode in particular would be really great. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear from you
3: either through email or on social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you can find us. We'd love to hear from you.
1: You should also check out Shannon's work. Her books are available on Amazon, but also on her website, Shannon And she does some just really neat things with um, other groups of people towards forgiveness and restoration. Um, Highly recommended.
2: Her work involving the Nygaard case is quite fascinating. And I, We'd love to have her back on one day to talk about that. Mm. We, we didn't even touch on that issue, but there's a lot there too. Yeah. Important work for sure. So thanks again.
3: If you have any apology that you would like to issue mm-hmm. to the world, you could email us and we'll read it. And you won't even have to actually
1: I like deliver that. it. So we can yeah. just read it for you. We can facilitate those.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can send us an audio file. That'd, we'll be a, that'd be a first. You could be the first to send us an audio file.
1: And we'll sell apology. it as an NFT. Yes. <laughs> If we can figure out how no, to we do that, we'll just <laughs> way ahead of you. Yeah,
2: awesome. We'll
1: we'll honor that and and share it.
2: Cool. All right. Thanks, you guys, and thanks, Shannon. We'll uh, we'll see you next time.
1: Yeah. On the on. Harmonious.
2: The harmonious Gen- Gen- gentlemen. T- harmonious
1: <laughs> gentlemen.